tell me how long do I have to wait? Can I get you now? Said, must I hesitate? That was Hot Tuna playing Hesitation Blues, which were all kind of, at this stage of the game, having a little bit of the Hesitation Blues. Welcome to this podcast. As I think about what I want to talk about in each one that I do, I kind of base it on what's happening around the country and around the world. Today I want to focus on school openings. I do this mostly because this is the time of year where schools begin to reopen. And I have made a lot of news lately questioning about whether schools should open or not. My first question is when it comes to school opening and schools opening on normal schedules, it's what are you thinking? What's the point of opening up schools at this time? Think about it. Look at what's happening around the country. Why do we need to open up schools? Some would argue that schools are a safe environment, that they can deal with the situation at hand, um, they can set up a classroom to manage this. But I really question that. I think it's really opening up too soon. I think we're kind of getting in front of ourselves and why take that risk at the expense of teachers and children and extended family to open up? What's the purpose behind it? If we just look at some examples that have been happening, for example, let's look at baseball. What happened with baseball? Baseball opened up and they immediately ran into problems and continue to run into problems today. What does that tell you? What message is that? And they're in a more controlled environment, even though that they're traveling from town to town. Look what happened with that situation. So it really concerns me when I look at what happened with baseball, how that may kind of transfer to a classroom or school situation. You know, the world is telling us something. If we also look at, you know, summertime, summertime usually is a lot of socialization. When you see these large gatherings of people indoor gatherings and the explosion of the virus due to these indoor explosions of activity. What do you think is going to be different about schools? I can tell you this, the school that I used to teach at, you know, when it comes to just look at the ventilation system, our school had no air conditioning. Um, so either your windows were open all the time you had, and you had fans blowing, um, it's just not, I think, ideally set up. And I'm sure that's not the only school in the country that's set up that way. So I really worry about can schools handle a situation like that. If you look at situations that have already happened, for example, more than 200 employees have been barred from work in Georgia's largest school district. A high school in Indiana had to shift to online learning after just two days. And students in Mississippi were forced to quarantine after classmates tested positive for the coronavirus during the first week of classes. 260 kids and teens infected with COVID-19 at Georgia sleepaway camp. You had the situation where a student released a picture of a 
crowded hallway in a school in Georgia. And what happened with that situation? And of course, that crowded hallway, all the students, or a lot of the students weren't wearing masks. What happened with that situation? Rather than correcting that situation, the first inclination was to suspend that child or that student. It was only after national exposure of that situation did they reinstate the student. If that didn't happen, I wonder if they would have ever not revoked the suspension. In Florida, for example, the education commissioner, Richard Cochran, um, who was appointed by Ron DeSantis after serving as the Republican Speaker of the Florida House, um, issued an order at all schools across the the state must open, even though they grapple with the whole situation with the pandemic. So I just can't understand why people would think that opening up schools is a safe situation. The universe is telling us something by what we see that's happening around us. I think part of it is this sense of immediate gratification that we can't wait for things. We have to have it and we want it and we want it now and we don't want to wait. Amazon's a perfect example of that and I'm just as guilty as anybody else when I want something, you know, I, I want, you know, shipment as quick as possible. So I think that plays a part of it. It's like, I want it, and I want it now, and I've waited long enough, and enough's enough, I'm going to just defy all logic and go back to my normal life, or our normal life, whatever that may be. You know, last week I was with a friend, we went out on a boat, and um, we were cruising around, and we happened to go by a, look like a water slide park. And looking at it, there were people lined up next to each other, no social distancing, no mask, just to go down a water slide. Now, yeah, I can understand people wanting to get back to those fun things. I myself would love to go out and go to restaurants, go to a microbrewery, do other things. But, you know... It's like you either pay now or you pay later. And unfortunately, the mistakes that we're making is it's a continual pain because we just don't learn from it. It almost gets into, I remember traveling outside the United States and I used to refer to what I would call the ugly Americans who, as they traveled to other countries, their expectation was everything should be Americanized. Everything should be the way they wanted, that there was no acceptance of how people live lives outside of the United States. And so when they were at places outside of the United States, their demands would be extremely rude in the way they treat people because they wanted everything to be their way without exception. So I think that plays a big part of it. But let's look at if we began schools right away, what would happen? Here's my first question. Is in an environment where you have this threat of a virus, how do you expect 
students to learn. Whether we acknowledge it or not, fear will be there. Fear for some students, fear for some teachers. I think about when I was teaching, there were students in the classroom that unfortunately, the whole academic experience was revolving around fear. Fear of failure, fear of passing a test or not, fear of what grade they would get on an assignment. So now we're going to add this new part into the classroom, and that's fear of getting the virus or not. And that will impact learning or lack thereof. So when we think about going back in the classroom, are we really going to be able to overcome that sense of fear? Will it inhibit the ability to teach and to learn? That's one big concern I have. But let's look at some others that may impact it. I know the district that I taught in was a fairly conservative district. And what I often saw was there was, particularly after the, the election in 2016, there were those that you know were big supporters um, of Trump who had this certain bravado about them uh, when it came to him as president. And if we look at what's happened in the the country today where there have been, you know, this intimidation factor or this sense of, well, this isn't real. That's a, a big hoax. So think about it. Now you're in a classroom or you're in a school and you're going to have a situation where you're going to have those that think it's one big hoax or have this idea that it's not going to impact them. So what happened to that situation? when you have students coming into school and some choose not to wear a mask or take a mask off, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to handle that situation? I know from my experience in teaching and looking at situations like that, one of the biggest factors that determined how those situations were dealt with was really how are the parents going to react there was always this kind of, I don't know, fear factor or this sense of, you know, I want to be looked at as the good guy so that when it came to situations where there needed to be confrontation, um, oftentimes uh, administrators would not handle that situation the way it should be, either through fear or a sense of they didn't want to bruise their own ego. For example, I'll go back to the situation with the student that took the photo in Georgia. Why do you think that student was then, their suspension was then revoked? If it didn't get the national attention that it did, probably that would have stayed in place, that suspension. So there's a certain concern I have about what do you do with those that are non-believers, that think it's a big hoax, and will do everything to dispel those that are in fear. How are you going to handle that situation? How are you going to deal with those students, those parents? Can you expect administrators to deal with that situation in a proper way? There was another school district in Florida that I recently read in the paper. 
it was about a middle school in Tampa. What had happened is a teacher tested positive for COVID-19 um, after coming to school to prepare for the upcoming school year. What happened was that no administrator let other teachers know that this was happening. It wasn't until another teacher in that school notified the uh, Tampa Bay Times to disclose that uh, that COVID-19 case had occurred. When that teacher asked the administrator about it, the response was, nothing has changed. This is a quote. Nothing has changed. I believe it is not necessary to bring panic to the rest of the faculty. Other people have situations that are private and don't get blasted out. You do not. You do what you think you need to do. So here we have, once again, a situation where, and I've seen this too many times, and some people may say, you know, um, you know, got an issue with authority, whatever. But what, I've seen these situations happen too many times where administrators aren't courageous enough to take a stance because they're worried about what the repercussions for themselves are. At some point, you have to take your ego out of the equation. You have to make decisions, and they're not always the easiest decisions to make. You have to decide what is the best interest of everybody and be firm in that decision and not be fearful that somehow it's going to come back and haunt you or you're going to, you know, look at whether that's going to look as if you're, you know, some type of bad administrator. So I think those situations, I don't see enough courage for people to take a position. For example, if what happens if students come in and refuse to wear a mask or don't wear a mask or take their mask off or don't practice social distancing, what's going to happen in those situations? How are you going to handle that? Or are you going to have enough courage to do something about it? As I said, particularly for those that think it's a big hoax, and there are going to be, unfortunately, those situations that are going to occur. And, you know, I don't blame the students for that. I look more at the parents who give that message to their children that this virus isn't real. It's just a made-up, once again, situation where it's fake news. So what happens with that situation? In Houston, Texas, a city recently devastated by COVID-19, Dr. Joseph Verone, chief medical officer of United Memorial Medical Center, says it's like he's fighting a war on two fronts. A war against COVID and a war against stupidity. And the problem is that the first one, I have some hope about winning, but the second one is, is becoming more and more difficult to treat. And why do I say that? Because People are not listening. Whether it's, you know, we're backed up by science or just plain old common sense, people are not listening throughout the country. New coronavirus cases have soared in southern states like Texas. So far in July, the state has more than doubled its cases to over 400,000. Deaths surged by 32% in the last week alone. Dr. Verone who specializes in lung and critical care, just doesn't understand why he's seeing so many people walking around without a face covering. His frustration grows as he oversees his hospital's dedicated COVID-19 unit, where he tends to an average of 40 patients a day. And last week, 
he signed more death certificates than at any other point in his career. It's interesting because, you know, I have been in the middle of earthquakes, in the middle of bombings, in the middle of uh, tsunamis. I mean, in every possible catastrophe that you can imagine. And by far, this is the worst. And this is the worst because this is a continuous uh, situation. The other ones, you know, something bad happens and then you run, you take care of things and that's it. Here, continues to occur. And what is probably the most disappointing thing, the thing that annoys me the most, is that we keep on doing our best to save all these people, and then you get another batch of people that are doing exactly the opposite of what you are telling them not to do. Here's an idea. Let's kind of turn the tables a little bit. Where oftentimes what happens is when you go to a situation that may be a dangerous situation, you're asked to sign a waiver. And I see that some schools are asking, particularly students that are involved in activities outside the regular classroom, for example, sports, to sign a waiver, holding the school responsible for anything that may occur. Let's turn the tables. If schools are so insistent on starting up on time, irregardless of what is happening right now with COVID-19, let's turn the tables as I say. What do I mean by that? Let's have the schools sign a liability contract that if anything happens to a student or a teacher, that the school can be held liable for that. Now, I know I could be totally off base with that, but I'd sure like to find some good lawyers to discuss that with. Is there a possibility that we could do that? For you see, teachers are in a very vulnerable situation. What recourse do they have? Could they strike? Well, here's the situation regarding striking. There are only 12 states in this country that it's legal for teachers to strike, and three other states have a no statute or case law against it. So the remaining states in this country, it's illegal to strike. So what could they do? Well, even though it's against the law, maybe there's some lessons that could be learned. If you look back in 2018-19, there's power in numbers. There was a number of states in this country, started with West Virginia, that they went out on strike because of teaching conditions, which was followed up by other states such as Colorado and Arizona. So I think in some cases, even though it may be illegal, there's power in numbers. And things are changing in this country. If you look at this movement that's going on right now, the protests that happen in the streets, I think people are beginning to recognize there's power in numbers and that the situation calls for drastic measures. If we can't count on the leaders in this country to be able to make sensible decisions, then it's up to us to take action. So I think at this stage, we really need to think about What is the real purpose of starting schools on time? What are you hoping to accomplish? Look at what's happened with things opening up too early previously. It hasn't paid off. I know we all want to get back to normal. We all want to return to situations where we can go out and do whatever we want to do and not worry about things. But the thing is, the more we go against 
taking safe measures, the longer this thing is going to string out. You're not going to change things by just wishing it away, that it's not going to just disappear. We have to understand that, you know, we're not children. We can't expect all the time immediate gratification or live because it's inconvenient. So let's get back to having kids at school because that's where they best learn. I can't understand how you expect learning to go on with this hanging over top of teachers and students. It's all going to impact the learning environment. So as I say, we all want to get back to normal. But there's lessons that we have to learn that by pushing things open too early, it's not going to help the situation in the long run. So if you really want to get back to normal, let's deal with this thing the proper way. And so that the more we do that, the quicker we can get back to our lives the way we knew it before this pandemic. Otherwise, it's going to just keep cycling through over and over again. I know it's not fun, it's not convenient, it's not easy to have students learning from home. But at this time and the situation that we're faced in this country, I think we need to make those hard decisions and just kind of bite the bullet when it comes to knowing that we're not going to change things by simply returning to normal when it comes to schools. You're only gonna, it's only gonna come back and haunt you. So I would like people to really think about what is the true purpose of returning to school at this given time? I don't think fear helps with learning. I don't think going into a situation where you're going to have believers and non-believers as far as the virus is concerned, having to face each other each day and how that's going to play out and how administrators are going to handle that situation and what happens when an outbreak does occur what happens when a student does get the virus or has or maybe asymptomatic what are you going to do to handle that situation how are you going to isolate people how are you going to know when we look at testing how are you going to have testing set up in in schools on a regular basis based on what we've learned so far you know testing has been somewhat of a disaster in this country unless you're the president or an athlete um, you're not going to have testing at your ready disposal it's going to be a wait and see so i just don't see that we're prepared enough to be able to open schools again so i hope people come to their senses and realize maybe we need to wait longer until it is truly a safe situation Because what I've seen in schools, particularly with the cutbacks in education, how are you going to provide a safe environment in schools to allow learning to occur? Well, that's all I've got to say for this podcast. I hope people will think about it. Think about, you know, does it make sense to go back to school or not? And if you think it makes sense, I'd really like to hear from people why they think that's true. Well, thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe.
me how long do I have to wait? Can I get you now? Said, must I hesitate? The eagle on the dot says, and God we trust. You say you want a man, you want to see that dot first. Tell me how long do I have to wait? Can I get you now? I said, must I hesitate? Well, if the river was whiskey, said I was a duck. You know, it swims to the bottom, might never come up. Tell me how.